Hello and welcome back to I Wouldn't Have Done It Like That. Once again, I'm joined here by Dad, Father, Simon, all of the above. Hello. And Dave. Dave, Dave Vaughan. If you'd like to say hi, Dave. Hello, everybody. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Simon. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. It's really a pleasure to be uh, invited to be part of your podcast. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, you're the first guest that we've had on, and uh, I think that's a bit of an honour in itself. <laughs> Completely, mate. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think, I think no, that's I mean, a bit of an honour. No pressure, you know, first guest. <laughs> <laughs> the only one brave enough to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on the list in Icon when, I, when the invites went out there. <laughs> Um, but Dave is from, uh, well, let, let me let me give like an overarching sort of idea as to what today's podcast is going to be about. Um, we're sort of following on from last week where we were, di- where we were discussing mental health and um, young people. And obviously this podcast is very much focused at young people, but we, uh, we sort of focus on mental health. And I think, Dave, this is sort of an area where you deal quite quite well in with the smart collaborative that's right yeah yeah uh so do you want to just explain to us a little bit as to what what that sort what what the smart collaborative is basically so we it's an organization which i've started which which basically looks at supporting young people mental health uh we 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 use integrative counseling which brings in a bit from every everything which you know from psychodynamic cbt humanistic yeah. and just brings it all into sort of one thing and we provide sort of one-to-one counseling for young people we do life coaching for young people we support parents so we we do sort of parenting um sessions and i do a lot of work in and around schools um recently what we've been concentrating on is is teacher training so that's something which we've been sort of speaking to schools about in as much as helping them to deal with challenging behaviour and sort of the, the mental health issues that lie beneath the challenging behaviour, you know? Yeah, so I, I was going to I was gonna just ask about that in like what does it entail sort of with mm. teachers because I feel like there's always there's always been this thing where it's always been you listen to the teacher, that's it. And is, is this sort of like a way of getting the teacher instead of them just to be brute force and just go no and it's more of them sort of trying to understand the underlying possible think, issues or I think historically you know I mean I've been working in and around education for sort of the last 15 years and historically it's always been a case of let's just look at the behavior let's con- let's punish the behavior um but what we try and sort of explain is that there's always a reason behind the behavior there's always something beneath that and it's looking at, at the young person's sort of emotional well-being and once we sort of look at how we raise that or how we give them tactics to improve that then we will be able to evidence that in in, in better or 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 kinder behavior you know yeah sort of move forward i yeah. guess instead yeah. instead of instead of trying to deal with the issue and then having to break it all down you're breaking it down at the start yeah and sort of building up from there because we, what we do is we, we, I, we base, I base my philosophy or our philosophy on, on sort of a hierarchy of needs, yeah. So you know, it, there's a, a guy called Maslow who came up with these sort of needs that, as human beings, we all have to meet in order to be happy. And I've yeah. sort of, we've got a different sort of take on that, where we've, we've sort of got six emotional needs, and we sort of work with young people as to how they're 
meeting their needs because we can meet their needs in a way that is damaging to ourselves and will then exhibit sort of challenging or difficult behavior or we can meet them needs in a, in a in a way that's kind to us and beneficial to us and the people around us so we a lot of the work that i do with young people and with, with teachers is just understanding what emotion what our emotional needs are and recognizing when we're meeting them in a negative way or a damaging way you know yeah and i think uh, obviously we've known you for for a, i'd say a substantial amount of time i've known you forever charlie in your, in your terms <laughs> yeah, in my existence you've known me forever but um i think i think one thing that's always like that, that you've always come across to me as is someone who you don't you don't want to sit there and and be like the the tell, tell the kids all the all the quotes that you can find on like facebook or whether whatever mm. like like carry on or keep calm and carry on like you actually you actually want to get in there and make a difference and and sort of and understand why people act the way they do and especially young people because Mm. that's obviously at the start of your life if you're a young person and you start off in a habit then it continues on to further life I'm, Mm. i'm i'm assuming I think it's sort of you know we all get. I think we're a lot better as a as a sort of society or as as edu- education now. We're a lot better at sort of looking at mental health and and why yeah. people do what they do. But I think historically, young people have never really had an opportunity to explore themselves, to learn who they are, to learn why they do what they do. You know, in schools you don't have sort of wellness lessons or you don't have sort of self awareness classes. It's very much sit down, learn this. You know, and, and if you can't conform into this bracket, then we'll label you as a problem. And, you know, I think I've seen so many wonderful, beautiful kids written off at such an early age who just needed some yeah. care, some empathy, yeah. some love, you know, because, you know, a lot of kids that used to, you know, because I don't know, maybe I should explain sort of I've evolved into the, the Smart Collaborative. Prior to the Smart Collaborative, I run... Um, alternate education provisions so that every kid that came to me had already been written off had already been given a backstory as to you know cannot behave cannot cannot um function cannot listen cannot uh, respond you know so i think what i've always tried to do is to to help young people f- learn about themselves you know because we, we, it's important for us to work out why we we do what we do you know, and I think that's that's been ignored historically in schools. It's, you know, you're you're labelled as a problem. You're labelled as a as a as a as a bad egg, if if that makes sense. You know, and I think for me, it's it's about meeting someone on a level which allows them to learn about who they are. Yeah. You know, just very just very briefly, Dave, out of out of interest, just if we could just take it just take it back one step. How did you how did you get into this line of work in the first place? What drove you to do this? It's yeah, I think you know I, I, it's it, it, in 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 honesty, and I don't know why I'm finding it difficult to say, but I think I've always I think I've had mental health issues. You know, if I look at my my childhood, I had a particularly difficult time, and I think if I if it was now, I'd have been labelled as sort of anxiety disorder or depression or something like that. But I found I I sort of had to blag my way through childhood if that makes sense yeah and I think that was sort of following me around very much into into my 20s as well you know um but I've always had an affinity with young people 
you know, even when I was sort of 17, 18, I was running sort of youth football teams and I've had an affinity. I've, I've, I've had a way of being able to connect with young people. And what really sort of, I suppose the spark or the, was when my, my cousin died. My cousin, um, he was a very, you know, very close friend of mine. Um, and my cousin, he was the bass player in my band, which, you know, we won't go on about that. Um, but he died, so he had a motorbike accident and, and, he, and he died. And that kind of led me first to perhaps destruction, you know, absolutely hitting complete rock bottom and not being able to function. But yeah. enabled me yeah. to, to sort of seek support, help, which answered a lot of questions, not only... Uh, regarding the death of, of James, but also my existence, my, my childhood. And I think. How long, how long ago was that, Dave? Um, oh, that was in 2000, 2000, James died. Yeah. So well, basically, bang, we're, we're 20, 20 years 20 ago. 20 years. And did, yeah. you, did you find, I mean, if we go back, you know, what we were discussing last week, my question to Charlie was why is mental health in young people on the rise, you know, compared to when I was a mm. kid? And, you know, we came to the conclusion that when I was a kid, it was there. We just didn't understand it mm. as much or people didn't understand it and there was nowhere to go. But, you know, that sort of, that, that 2000 area, mm. do you feel that, do you feel that the, the, the support you got back then compared to what is available today, mm. is it, has that understanding of, I mean, we're always understanding and learning new things, but has the understanding of the topic gone up? I think now it has, but if I sort of go back to 2000 when I was in, you know, when I, when I sort of was in a really sort of bad, bad place, it was really difficult to get the support I, I needed at the time. And it was a case of, you know, you go to the doctors, you'd get put on a, you know, it's, it's still the same now, you go to the doctors, say you're depressed, you'll be put on a, a waiting list for sort of six, six to eight months, you know. But I think yeah. a lot of, a lot of what I had to do, Simon, was, was find it out for myself. Yeah, you know, and it was it was through a lot of sort of self awareness, sort of self development, and you know questioning and 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 some really sort of difficult times. But I suppose I was fortunate enough to have some really really good people around me, you know. And you know I think that's that's perhaps another sort of driver behind what I do because historically a lot of the kids that um, I I worked with they don't have a team around them, they don't have a support network, and you know it's about trying to sort of provide that to them in a really sort of limited way because you can't you know you can't take every kid home and put them up in your in your spare room however much I've, I've, I've liked I'd, I'd want to you know you've got to sort of provide a sort of professional um, boundary there but but be able to provide the things that a parent would provide in terms of love empathy unconditional love you know support you know. Showing them, showing them, almost showing yeah. them that there, there is a there is a way to progress forward. Yeah, instead there is of a way. yeah, definitely. And a, a lot of people say that sometimes you you end up taking two steps back and only one step forward. But I think with with the way that mental health is now being identified, I think that we're now taking two steps forward and sometimes one step back, but that's yeah. always met with another four steps forward. I think that it is very much a a progressive nature mm. to the whole issue and um i think i think that what what you do is obviously great service to, to 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 society basically i also do you think do you think that do you think society has to an extent given up on on these kids or you know is is it 
has that changed? I mean, I remember when you were doing the alternate education, you invited me down to your centre um, in Enfield, I think it was, wasn't it? Enfield? Yeah. And, um, you know, I said, yeah, I'd love to do, you know, we had, I think we we had a barbecue or something on Sunday and I had the following day off. So mm. I said, yeah, I'd love to come down and see what, what it's all about. And I always remember driving around the M25 thinking to myself, my God, what hell am I going <laughs> to, you know, put myself into? Because, you know, as you'd explained to me, these were kids that schools didn't want. They were unteachable as far as the, the schools were concerned. And I was thinking, man, I'm going to walk in there, you know, I, 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 you know, they'll probably have the shirt off me back or something. But when I got there, I was absolutely amazed that here they, here were these, just, they were just normal kids. Yeah. They just had a different way of learning and they needed, they, it's like the, the, the analogy that, you know, I, I said to Charlie, you know, some people are like a, a, a striker in a football team. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, the manager's got to put his arm around their shoulder and say, come on, you can do this, you can score goals, etc., mm-hmm. etc." And that's what I always I found about these kids. And but society had given up on them, and they kind of said, "Right, well, here, you are, Dave, you deal with them." I think, yeah, I, I remember that day day well, Simon, you coming down, and I, I can remember how sort of overwhelmed you were at the end of it because you, you, I think you felt that perhaps they'd um, proved you wrong, maybe you know, or, or they they change your Usually. perception of them. And I think that's that's one of the one of the amazing sort of honours that I've had in as much as being able to be part of these kids' lives. And, you know, when I get the occasional sort of texts from kids I've been, I've worked with sort of 15 years ago to say, hello, Dave, how are you? It, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. But these kids would, you know, the kids that you met that day, they were all, they were all written off, you know. Yeah. None of them were, you know, because that place that we were running at that time, that was the last, last chance saloon. So it was, a, you know, you, you got kicked out of school, you got put somewhere else, and then, you know, if all else fails, then you got sent to, to us at, at, at Reflex. But, you know, what I found, you know, there have been some kids that it hasn't worked with, but I would say 90% of the kids that we've, that I've had the, the, the fortune of, of, of being part of their lives, if we've dealt with them with love, empathy, uh, unconditional love, empathy and honesty, then we get results. And that's yeah. that's and what parents do. Do you do you think that? Um, so obviously, with dads um, or Simon, dad, I call you dad. Um, You're allowed to. With dad, yeah. sort of, uh, yeah. With dad's sort of like analogy there, um, I think it could be quite a good like microcosm for the rest of society in the fact that you had an original perception, and that was changed within like how long were you there for? Oh man, I was down there probably about an hour and a half. But would you say within the first like fifteen minutes your perception I, I, had changed? No, I, I think as I walked in the front door, I was thinking, "Oh my god!" And I think within, I think within a couple of minutes, you know, all these kids had come up to me. They all wanted to meet me. I went to say hello. They were they were they were really nice kids. I mean, there was even one kid, if I remember rightly, who was in the bathroom at the time when all the introductions were going around. And after we'd done that, Dave showed me round the place. And this kid was absolutely distraught that he hadn't been introduced to me. And, you know, so, you know, went back and said hello to him. And, it, 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 you know, he was over the moon that someone that someone had bothered to come down and take an interest in them. And I think I think from that, from that story, do you think that, like, we have to change perceptions in order to help these kids? Or do we have to change the actual structure as to how we deal with them? I think that we all 
we all, we're all guilty of stereotyping, aren't we? Because it's a natural thing. We stereotype. Yeah, we, we, we look at someone and we put them in a category based on our own sort of personal experiences. Yeah. And I think we do that with, with young people. Um, but we need to be aware that we, we do that. You know, if you look at any community Facebook group, there'll be a message on there. Oh, these bloody kids, you, you know, riding around on their bikes and, you know, but, but what I found in my, time is that if you actually meet go to to meet a kid on on their level or even just just on a human level you're 99 percent of the times you're going to get a, a good response you know we would get kids that came to us with pages and pages and pages of, of negative reports and one thing that i changed was that i wouldn't share these reports to the teachers that we had working with us you know, yeah. in order for them not to create a negative impression of them. Not so to put them of, in a box yeah. before they've even started. You know, by all means, you know, there were some kids that came to us and I had to, you know, let the teachers know of, sort of certain safety issues, shall we say, or, or risk, yeah, yeah, risk yeah. management, yeah. But, you know, you would get these, we'd get some of these kids coming to us with pages and pages and pages of sort of negative um, words, negative reports, and, you know... I found it, it, it a, a better way of going at it was to just give give them an opportunity to show us who they were. It's a it's a very um, odd thing that this has actually come up because I was discussing with someone the other day. I was um, I was playing again. I was I was talking to them over message, and I said, "What what do you think is the most important thing when you meet someone?" Mm. And basically, I personally boiled it down to I would rather have a good first impression. Mm than not mm. and if that first impression is coming to you via a piece of paper as you said i don't i don't think that's really fair yeah yeah and and i think the same thing can be said with like community facebook groups yeah if people are complaining about these young people that they've never met yeah and other people are seeing these they mm. suddenly make a make an entire judgment about about what type of what type of people these kids are mm. Though they may just be going out on a bike ride, genuinely, yeah, yeah. like yeah, not we, doing anything bad or or anything like that. I mean, know, don't don't get me wrong. There's kids. Kids are going to be kids. Kids are going to make mistakes. Kids are going to be ball bags occasionally, aren't they? You know. But yeah. I just think this kind of vilification of young people is something which I'm kind of almost seeing become a trend. You know. Yeah. Um, you know. Let's let's vilify them. You know, because we've all we've all been in situations where we've made mistakes. You know. but what do you think? What what what? Why why do you think that trend is occurring? What what's leading? What's leading this to? I mean, I you know, when I was at school, I don't think I don't, I don't think it was as bad back when we were at school as it was as it is today. I don't remember people always you know dumbing down on the kids mm. and, and and sort of like you know bashing them out. You know, you had the old saying, you know, you know, keep your mouth shut, shut until you're spoken to, etc., mm. etc. But why is it a trend now? I think maybe maybe kids are more visible now. I think everyone's got the opportunity to, to put themselves out there, haven't they? You know, yeah. when we were kids, we, you know, the best we could hope for was, you know, getting a ticket to go on Swap Shop or something and sitting in the audience for your sort of, you know, but now kids can't. Charlie's, look Charlie's looking at me going, what the hell is Swap Shop? <laughs> I was, was going to say, Who's I Noel have Edmund? no clue what that is. <laughs> Who's Noel Edmonds? Exactly. Oh, for all you young youngsters out there, Saturday morning TV, yeah? <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, but but kids have kids have got a platform now, haven't they? They've got an opportunity to put anything out there, and I think they're just more visible. They're more, um, 
you know, they, they, they're there all the time. You know, you go on Facebook, you go on uh, Instagram or TikTok. Not that I know, really know a great deal about TikTok. And you can <laughs> you can put yourself out there 24-7. And I think... Well, this, a, this, this kind of leads... This kind of goes back to where we were last week in the sense of, you know, we were talking about social media and the pressure, um, you know, that youngsters are under these mm. days. And, and, you know... We were saying, you know, when I was a kid, the only people that I was visible to were my teachers, my yeah. parents, and my mates. Nowadays, you're visual to seven point seven billion people if if yeah. if you want to be and contactable twenty four seven. You know, yeah. And there's no, you know, a lot of kids. There's just no let off. You know, a lot of kids are, you know, they just their phones are an extension of of who they are. And you know, yeah. going back again to when when we were kids, Simon, you had to ask if you wanted to make a phone call. You know, yeah. and you'd, you know, I'd ask my mum, "Can I make a phone call?" And then she, oh, "You can make it after six because it's cheaper." You know, right. or and there was there was there was a shout out. You know, I think that I th- I think in in years to come we will we will look back and we will see how damaging this period of unfiltered social communication has, has been. Yeah. I th- I honestly think that. You know, my hope, my, my, you know, I say this to all the young, that I, my biggest hope is that there will be a generation that says, do you know what, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to, you know, we're going to go back to our Nokia brick phones. We're going to text each other, you know, because I think there has to come a point where it, 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 it you know, it, it's, it can't be healthy, you know. Well, I argue, I argue, Dave, that we, I don't, I argue that we don't really, well, we don't really understand technology as much as we should, and, and, oh. and yes, it's there. It, it can be it can be used for the good, but it can also be used for the bad. And I don't think we understand it as much as we should. And also, I think, you know, my generation were the first ones to, you know, we didn't get email till. God, I think I was working in the What's bank. Email. <laughs> I, I start, you know, I started. I think I don't think I. I think it was when I actually started in the bank. I've probably been in the banking system yeah. about I don't know three, four years before the first sort of email. Came it would have been telex, wouldn't it? I suppose. Yeah, it was all telex and yeah. faxes and stuff yeah. like that. What? And then, but now we're you telex, know, now we're telex, there. Well, yeah. <laughs> you can go and Google that one afterwards. You've got technology. Um, but you know, so we didn't we didn't really understand. We were learning the technology, and then all of a sudden there was just this massive explosion mm. of, of it. And you know, smartphones, at this, at that. You can you know make videos of yourself, put yourself out there. Do you think it's a case of our generation? We as parents didn't know how to police it, or is it a case of you know that the, the younger generation? I mean, they're, they're further up the curve than we are with, mm. with technology, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Did we give it to them too early? I mean, you know what they say now: you can't have a Facebook account till you're what is it, 13, 13, 14? 13. But you've got little kids running around at the age of eight, nine, ten yeah, with yeah. smartphones. But this is this is the thing: it's, it's you know not not all parents are policing it. You know, there mm. isn't that. There isn't you know across society, there isn't that kind of policing of 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 what kids are doing you know and kids are looking and they're being exposed to all types of behavior you know all types of of graphic images you know and they're putting they're putting themselves out there constantly and they're using an an alien platform to meet four or five of their emotional needs so with these emotional needs you talk of can you just run us through what you know the so we, the, the... We always go through about. sort of it's certainty, uh, uncertainty, um, which we could we could bracket as variety, yeah, uh, growth, 
significance, contribution and love and connection. And all of them can be met through a social media account, you know, you know, and if yeah. you look at sort of for, for young boys, particularly sort of significance is a big one. They want to be seen. They want to be they want to be heard. They want to be the toughest. They want to be the strongest, you know. So all of a sudden doing stupid things and, and, and filming yourself doing stupid things, you gain notoriety from. So you become significant. You know, the long term. But that desire, that desire for boys specifically to be significant. Mm. Where where do you think that comes from? I think it's it's human nature. It's it's it, it, I suppose if we sort of trace trace it back to sort of sibling rivalry. You know, we all want to we all want to be the most important. We want to be seen by our parents to be the most important. No matter how much we love our brothers and our sisters, we want to be number one. You know, it's it's just, it's, it's human nature to you know you want to be, and I suppose when you hit sort of adolescence and you know you got the your whole sort of reptile brain coming into it you want to reproduce how, how do you reproduce you reproduce by becoming popular by being significant by being the strongest you know i suppose it's, it's, it's animalistic i suppose in its very nature but and a lot of the boys that that you know i've worked with over the years they can't find a way to meet significance in a in a way that's beneficial to them. So what do they do? They 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 play up. They turn tables. They tell the teacher to do one. They misbehave because uh, as a fourteen year old, if you're bad, you you're popular. Yeah, you're, you're and, and I mean, I mean, just just out of interest, um, what is the what is the 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 proportion, the ratio? The percentages like um of of where you get males to females mm. like like young people who come to you and uh, what what is uh, what would you say that is i think like, i think because i am i think firstly because i am obviously a man i get referred young men predominantly okay so i think yeah. it would be difficult for me to sort of give you a a, a a percentage or a statistic but from what i've seen in schools there is as much should we say there is, are as there is are as many problems behaviorally with young men that there are with with young women. I think they yeah. exhibit different patterns of of their behavior, you know. Whereas a, a young man will try and find significance from being from fighting or from from doing silly things. A young woman might find significance from another form, you know. Um, yeah. By, yeah. But you said in boy you said in boys significance was was like sort of like I wouldn't say the number one issue, but that that's one that sort of is is really trending out as far mm. as you as the experience you've seen. What about girls? What's their what's their um? I think need. I think significance is is a, is one for for girls also. It's not predominantly for boys, but I think with with girls, I think it's certainty. You know, it's it's about being being sure of themselves, about being being comfortable with with their existence you know with what they have i think there's a, a, a an enormous amount of pressure on girls to conform to a, a certain look or a certain body type you know and i think girls perhaps grow up with this sort of feeling of of, of sometimes not being good enough you know so or, or not having being, someone always watching them yeah and, you know and, and you, you know in order to sort of fulfill that that certainty if you like looking at ways to become significant you know, by posting um, inappropriate, not inappropriate, by 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 posting images that they perceive will get them attention. You know, 
Yeah. Um, and then perhaps when they don't get that, you know, they, they you know, for because for every nice comment, you, you're going to get negative comments, aren't you? You know. Um, oh, and I just think it's that that feeling of certainty with girls is 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 something that they're 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 lacking on the whole. It's like being being sure, being safe, being safe in who you are, you know. And again, I'm not I'm not you know stereotyping on on, on all girls. Not all girls are like this, you know. But I think it's sort of I think our, our society of, 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 that we're bringing into the world they they do have this 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 fear of not fitting in, this fear of not being special and i think that sort of comes down to not being certain not being certain about who you are not being certain about your place in the world you know and i i mean um so obviously we've we've discussed all about um today's sort of mental health and 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 young people obviously because that's what the smart collaborative you deal with and everything but i just wanted to i just wanted to sort of come back and sort of bring it to current events which have which have taken place and are taking place um what 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 do you feel about the the current situation regarding obviously the virus and the way that young people have been uh i think i think in a way that dad likes to put it is that we got told oh your your exams are cancelled but that's basically all the support that for example, my age group who are leaving school and GCSE students and lower school students have sort of been given. I mean, what what do you, how how would you sort of have an opinion on that? Um, I think obviously it's unprecedented, isn't it? You know, we've got nothing really to, to fall back on. You know, I think originally uh, people were sort of making um, comparisons to wartime Britain and, and this, but I think they were sort of unfair or unrealistic uh, comparisons. But you know, it's again, you know, my heart goes out to, to sort of anyone that's at that, you know, had these taken away from them because it's almost like you've had sort of part of your life sort of removed. And I think yeah, that's not that, the norm. I think that whilst we're in the middle of this, we're not going to perhaps see the true impact of it Yeah. until a lot further down the line. You know, and I think, you know, my, a lot of kids have been quite fortunate. They've had the ability to maintain connections with their peers. They've had supportive parents making sure that they're not doing anything damaging, that they're they're eating properly, that they're they're maintaining their sort of growth and their their contribution to each other. But I think that there's there's I think there's a massive part of society that just haven't got that. Haven't mm. got that them supportive parents that haven't got them supportive networks, you know. I, I I think that you know I can only sort of go. You know, my my kids have have kind of struggled a little bit. I I struggled with with this to begin with. I, I convinced myself in the first couple of weeks of this happening that I was going to get it and I was going to die, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I think we all did at one point. You know, my dad my dad died in January, and I think that. I felt really, I felt really angry because I felt that this was almost impacting upon my grieving process because yeah. I, I felt that I needed to be around people. I needed to be around my family. You know, I've not, I wasn't able to see my mum and that was really difficult. Um, so I think from... Oh, Dave, Dave, one second. It, it cut out for a second then. Can you just go back like what, what you said? Just basically from where you couldn't see your mum. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, da, 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 da. so I wasn't able to see my mum for you know eight weeks, and that was really difficult. So obviously, we're all sort of sort of coming to terms with with dad not being here. But if we take it back to to young people, which I think was what your original question was, and I'm probably waffling yeah. a little bit. Here, um, uh, it's fine. It, you know, and what our young people's emotional needs are, we've taken away a massive section of, or, or we've taken. Uh, we haven't taken it away. They have had taken away from them uh, a massive part of their life in which they meet a vast amount of their emotional needs. So mm. how are we as a society or as parents enabling our kids to continue to meet their emotional needs in a way that is beneficial to them, in a way that is going to help them long term? You know, um, whilst I think it's you know, it's brilliant that they've been able to sort of maintain connections with each other through uh, online uh, activities, through gaming, whatever. You know, I, I do think that there is, that we have a duty as parents, as guardians, to make sure that our kids are, are, are meeting their emotional needs in, in a holistic way, in a way that is beneficial, you know, in a way that, that will make them feel better about themselves. So I think yeah. I think I might have answered your question there. I think I've gone off on about fifteen tangents, but <laughs> the I think the to, to summarise, you know, how it, it's if our kids are meeting their emotional needs at school and that's been taken away, how are we providing them with the, with an avenue to meet them needs? You know, yeah. When we but when we come out the when we when we you know eventually come out the other side of this and and let's you know some of the schools are opening again on Monday and. You know, let, let, let's fast forward, I don't know, to maybe Christmas and schools are back open, you know, everything's back to normal, so to speak, if we ever go back to, to a norm. Um, this period that, that kids have lost, you know, because we were talking the other day and I said to Charlie, I said, you know, he, he was saying that, you know, I haven't done my exams. I feel like I've wasted my time at school. And my point is, you know, the 18 years you've been in the world of 14 of which you've been at school have not been a waste of time because they're what define you. They shape your character, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And as you said, through this period of sort of isolation and lockdown, those kids are ne not necessarily having their having that interaction that would would, would normally have built their character, mm. so to speak. It's, it's almost like someone's gone, "All right, we'll t we'll take three months out of your character here, mm. and we'll we'll discard that, and you've got to go around for the rest of your life living without three months of your character." And it, when we come out the other side of this, can you see? Can you see there being? lasting effects to, to these kids in the sense of that, that 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 point of never to have done your exams mm. you know you, you you're going to get given a grade and but there's, there'll always be in the back of your mind could I have done better mm. what have I missed in those three months mm. and do, do you see that as being something that that could have a sort of lasting effect I think that there's going to be some kids that come out of this with needing some support needing some help needing some guidance needing an uh, need to be given a forum to sort of go through what they've been through because in some respects this is this has been quite traumatic hasn't it you know for yeah. a lot of kids that you know they would have perhaps you know if we traumas are probably a big word to use but we've they've had something taken away from them you know it's almost like we've given them a book but taken out 30 40 pages you know how are we going to sort of repair that how but i think perhaps I, the, the the question's bigger than that how's society going to be in a year's time? 
Yeah, you know, is this, you know, it's this whole kind of the new normal phrase, which which everyone seems to be saying. You know, what is that? What is the yeah. new normal? What is it? I, I mean, be? I like. I'd like to think that society. I mean, the one thing I think that I've noticed is we're less wasteful. Um, you know, when it comes to because you're only going to do your shopping once a, a week or something, you're less wasteful. You you basically use everything. Nothing goes to waste. Yeah. So, yeah. You know that that's the one thing I think I'm going to take out of this is, mm. is not to be so wasteful, mm. and and to and to be you know appreciating more of what you actually have. I think I think that's perhaps that's that's the message that we need to to be sort of speaking to our young people about, and not in in as much as not wasting sort of your food and that, but not wasting time. Yeah, you know, making the most of the opportunities that you have. If that, if the legacy from this or the lesson we learn from this is that time is precious, then it's it's not a bad thing, is it? You know, but it's I suppose, you know, appreciating school, appreciating your teachers. You know, I think if I was fifteen now, I'd be I'd have been delighted not to have to go to school. You know, but yeah. I hated school. You know, but with hindsight, I wish I, I could do it all again. Oh no, no, no! But, well, the funny thing was in the first, in the first, um, in the first episode, you know, my opening statement to Charlie was: Imagine if in September 2019, I told you there was going to be this virus originating out of China, it would, mm. you know, kill many people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, and by the way, your education is going to be interrupted. You're not going to do your exams; they've all been cancelled. You're getting them some grades by some people who, you know, are just going to discuss you, so to speak. And my point to him was: You know, it's going to be based on your effort, your your application through mm. the two years, your you know mock exams that you would have done just after Christmas. It's going to be based on all of these things. And if I just told you that back in September 2019, would you have done anything differently? And I, I wonder if that, this period of reflection is that I, the message I would like to think is that young people come out and they go, do you know what? I am going to live my life with effort, with mm. passion, with um, you know you know all of these all of these things that are important because you just don't know what's around the corner. And, and God forbid, you know, I, 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 my heart goes out to these young people as well to have, have basically had yourself interrupted. But I, I want, I want, I, I'd love them to come out the other side of this, like you say, thinking, do you know what? Time is precious. I need to live my life to the full and do everything to the best of my ability at, at all times. Yeah. And yeah. What, 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 what do you think of it, Charlie? Um, in terms well, of, sort of I, your I, exams and everything, I must I have confessed I didn't listen to your first podcast, but <laughs> Ooh, that's all right. He's all right. <laughs> I've listened um, to two and three, not not one yet. Sorry. But, um, no, no, it's fine. Um, it's good to reiterate these things as well because obviously this podcast has been basically birthed out of out of what has gone on mm. and everything. So I think with with me, I I obviously don't mind not having to go through round two of the stress of exams and everything. Um, but I also think that, you know, the education system will, I don't know whether it will change, but it should be changed because currently you've got kids who will go into class, mess around, interrupt everyone else's education, but sit down for the exam and suddenly they're Albert Einstein. Mm. Um but then you, I like to call them like the three types of people at school. You've got the kids who mess around but still get perfect grades. You've got the kids who try hard continuously and just still, their, their effort's all up there, but they still just can't put it down in the exam. And then you've got the kids who, you know, put in the effort and get the grade that they deserve. Mm. And I would like to see, personally, the kids who 
putting the effort consistently, being given a greater, um, what is it, a, a greater sort of accolade, award for, for, for putting in effort over two years and being more of a well-rounded person mm. rather than these people or who think that, oh, it's okay for me to mess around, not put 100% of my effort in and because I'll always just get what I want in the end. I think that is a really good good point you've raised there, mate. And uh, yeah, I I just I, I I hope and I for some reason I've got this darkening feeling in me that that won't be the way it will be. It will be that they'll go off previous exams and everything, and they'll go well. I expect this person to get this, therefore that's what they'll get. Mm. So I don't think that it will be done the way that I think it should be done. But at the end of the day, you can't change you. you well, you can change it, but you can't if you get what I mean. But I think I think you're right. You know, education as a whole, in my opinion, you know, needs a a, a revamp. Needs a revamp. It needs it needs a facelift. You know, because despite it, it's it's evolved over time, perhaps, but essentially it's still the same message: sit down, shut up, do as you're told. Which yeah. is which is what you know in Victorian times. You know, we were we, we were we were teaching kids. We were preparing kids to go and be on a, a product uh, work in a factory or. Or join the forces and climb out of a trench, knowing you're going to face certain death. You know, and I think there's yeah. still elements of that kind of uh, Victorian kind of mentality when it comes to education. You know, sit down and do your child. And you're right; there are kids that are not getting what they should out of their time. You know, they're they're eleven years, twelve years, thirteen years at school. You know. And we yeah. need to find a way of, of changing that. You know, we need to find a way of giving kids a, an opportunity to, to get onto that next step of the, the ladder. We need to be putting more vocational aspects into education. You know, I think it, there's almost been this kind of desire or this, this, this feeling that in order, we've got to get every kid we can to, to go to university. You know, you've got yeah. to get your GCSEs, you've got to get your A-levels, then you've got to go to university. And I think that that's quite a... That's quite a recent thing. That's quite a modern approach. When I was at school, very few people from my age group went on to university. You know, yeah. it was, but now it almost is, it, it's a rite of passage. It's a and norm. I, and I just think that we need to sort of reevaluate, you know, and like you, I think one of the things you said there that's hit home with me is being a well-rounded person. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. get a certificate yeah. for that. You don't get a grade for that. <laughs> You should do. <laughs> no, precisely. You should. You should do. Yeah, you should. You should you get. Know, a, you should, should get an award for it. You know, you should be judged on who you are. I think, like you say, Dave. I think not. I think the interesting thing is not all kids learn the same, but society yeah. dictates that they must. That's right. And yeah. I think that's got to change. But Dave, um, we have fun enough. Time has flown. We're at forty-three, forty-four minutes now. Um, oh, wow! So we'd like to thank you for coming on for starters. Um, I, I and really, I've really enjoyed talking to you both, and I hope that I've been able to at least convey something. <laughs> oh, you've yeah. been, you've been wonderful, and also I would like to say, if anybody out there is listening, um, and and you know, you know, like you like Dave's opinions, and you, you fancy a little bit of help, do give Dave a call. Um, or contact us and we'll put you in touch with Dave because um, as my kids always say when, when Dave ever comes around everybody should have a Dave in their life oh, that's <laughs> um, nice. thank you so um, yeah no thanks ever so much Dave and no, uh, um, I'll hand over to but, the host but um, so Dave if, if you just um, this is something that I so I went onto your Facebook page last night yeah and this is going to be a little bit of a embarrassing for you yeah but um <laughs> 
Uh, so I went onto your Facebook page last night and I went onto the Smart Collaborative and everything. And yeah. as I couldn't sleep and everything. So I yeah. sat there and I scrolled down a little bit and I, and I went to the review section and I just picked out a couple of things um, that I thought were just like really heartwarming um, of people like parents or or even uh, some, some kids commenting on it as well. Like, for example, you changed my life. Um you showed me I wasn't alone and gave me something I never had, um, stability. Um, clear that Dave genuinely cl- genuinely cares. Um, Dave, uh, this is from obviously from a parent, Dave clearly connected with our son. And um, I think that does show that um, you and many other people who are doing the same thing as you really have your true intentions at heart and really do want to help out the exact thing that we're talking predominantly about on this podcast which is young people and it's working and it's working it's quite clearly working and um yeah so if you just want to um give us anywhere where people like like anywhere where people can contact you and um, yeah well firstly charlie thank you for that i I do feel a bit embarrassed um but you know (laughs) uh i've 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 had it's i've been honored to work with with so many kids you know um and it is part of perhaps who I am and what I am. Um, but yeah, if you want to check out, you, you can find me on Facebook, just search for the smart collaborative. Um, or you can, our, inter, our internet is www.thesmartcollaborative.co.uk. All right. And um, I think on that note, it's been, it's been wonderful having you on. Um, so thank you. Thank uh, you. I, I've been Charlie, this has been Dad, Father, Simon, all of the above. That's been me, and everybody needs a Dave. Everyone needs a Dave. (laughs) Thank you, Thank you, Dave. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.